Welcome back to the Blink Podcast. Today I have a designer joining me. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Today we have Dara and her website is called Dara Works if you want to check it out. Dara-works.com yeah. Minus works. But Dara actually works a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were chatting about her um, zodiac sign. She's one of those people who work a lot. You can guess what her sign is. but um, I'm not <laughs> That's the quiz of the show, and by the end, you get yeah, it. you can find out Dora's side. <laughs> <laughs> so we met about two years ago, three years ago, mm-hmm. and I was um, making a film, started to make a film, or wanted to make a film, and then I thought, oh, I needed a logo, and someone someone introduced you to me, but I don't remember who, Deepak? No, who introduced you to it's me? It's also with Deepak. Duncan. Ah, yes. (laughs) Duncan. And he used to work on different projects with me as well, I think. But he's in Canada now, I think. Mm -hmm. So he introduced you to me, and then we started to work together for the first, my first film project. And we just parted our ways, kind of. And then I came back and I discovered that Dora has become a great designer. She wrote an article about her experience of becoming an independent designer, kind of. Yeah. It was more like about the attitude that people have or that I often encounter on the subject of can I have it all or, you know, people managing to do well in all areas of life. Hmm. That was basically what my thoughts were. Well, I find it very um, empowering. Yeah, this is what it was. Because I think, I don't know, I can talk a little bit about my experience as well, especially the past two months of being in China. Mm-hmm. Men have it all. <laughs> <laughs> They've always had it all. <laughs> I have people complain to me, especially in China, like older men. It's like, oh, you know, you girls are great because you don't have so much responsibilities. You know, Chinese girls and can go abroad and study and pursue your PhD, just um, live by your stipends. But then I thought, no way, you can't speak like that. Men have responsibilities, uh, responsibilities and women don't. We have that too. And somehow I feel like the society seems to make them feel that they're more entitled to have it all. Like they can have a great family. And they work well, and they do other things on their side. They have wealth, they have houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then somehow, at least in China, women are very encouraged to sacrifice. And I had this talk with my mom over the summer when we were traveling. And I was like, Mom, why is it like that? I felt like when I was a woman in China, as a woman in China, dra- the TV dramas, TV series, films, novels... They always tell me stories about women, how their um, family life and what they want to do, conflict. And then they have to sacrifice what they're interested in for their family. Or they have to sacrifice romance for their family. And I asked my mom, why is it always like that? And then my mom said, well, it's because they're jealous. Because men are jealous. They, they don't want you to have it all, in a way. You know, they want you to be more submissive, to, I don't know, to sacrifice for your family. But I think, I don't know, I think people can have it all. 
um, yeah, it, I don't know. I think it's always a, a sign of how developed a society is. If you just look at how they treat women or how women feel in the society, if they feel in any aspect inferior, mm. this is just, you know, a, a sign of how well developed the society is. I think. Mm. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't had a lot of experience experiences like this where I felt I don't know discriminated or something like this I was very rebellious in my oh, you childhood <laughs> probably <laughs> because you know when I when I see in, in Bulgaria for example it's very common that um, you know when you have guests for example and then the men are just right away sitting on the table and drinking and the the women are still cooking or bringing all the food to the table or even you know at home it's this is how it works you know men don't do any housework and the women are doing it all and this is one thing when I was observing it at some point and I think this was after after I did an exchange here in Germany mm. that I started seeing it in another way because you know when you grow up in in a some kind of an environment and you you take all the all its characteristics for granted like or you know it's just natural to you you don't know that it's wrong in a way until you see something else hmm, that's true that's very true and you came here for exchange 10 years ago you told me no I the the exchange the student exchange was uh, in 2005-2006, I was I spent the 11th grade here, so it's it's called Cultural Exchange and it's an organization. It's called Youth for Understanding (YFU). It originally started after the Second World War, but yeah, when I did this, it was for one year. So I went to um, Germany and lived in a very small town called. Wolfenbüttel in a German family and went to a German school and at the same time there was a German guy that was living in my parents house and went to my school. Ah, so you literally did the exchange. Exactly. <coughs> so that changed your life you think? That was a very important point in my life I would say, yeah. It probably also changed my life or the course of my life or the, or the way I was seeing a lot of things and the way I wanted to do a lot of things afterwards, yeah. I, it was the first year that was in my life that was really hard. <laughs> I think I... Oh, it was hard. It was really hard, yeah, because there were, you know, I, I was 16 and I was for the first time in another country completely alone and really dealing with uh, a very different culture, I would say. This was my perspective at this time. It, I don't. I don't think it's so different now, you know. Because oh, really? after I live, you know, I live already for ten years in Germany now. But back then, I thought, "Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> what shocked you most?" <laughs> I I think mended housework. That's true. <laughs> That's true about Germany. That didn't shock me. That was that was one of the things I was fascinated by. But what shocked me was how rational. Um, Germans are most of the time, I guess, because Bulgarians are more like the 
you know, emotional kind of people. Um, like they express their emo emotions more freely, and it's it's just natural. It's 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 normal, and I, I have the feeling they have more emotions and they express their emotions more. <laughs> so German people don't have emotions. Sometimes. It's not allowed to have emotions because. <laughs> <laughs> it's prohibited by law. Oh, this is yeah. how I felt. <laughs> yeah, no, I used to feel it, like it's that. When too. you know, when you have emotions, they're just you know uh, fading your um, ability to think rationally and uh, smartly. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I have a very conflicted feelings about this. I think they're rational, but then at the same time, like. You know, if you're not rational, you cannot have so many refugees in this country and people still, like, have their lives function so well. Like, they're not, like, in shock. Like, they're just trying to, you know, do things and to integrate. At least that's, like, the good parts I see. Yeah. But at the same time, like, most of the German people that I hang out with, I don't think they're, I don't think they're rational. You don't think they're rational? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've also picked up some German friends that are not that rational. Probably you just attract the ones that are not that rational. Probably. But I don't know. I, I mean, of course, your perspective is dependent on what you've experienced till now. Mm. You know, and I have no idea how Chinese people are because this, I guess this is, or Americans, I, this, I guess this is what you are comparing them with. And I'm mm. comparing them with the Maybe, maybe so. that's why. I think if you live in different cultures, it's very hard to tell, like, it's very hard to generalize what people are like. It depends on what kind of person you are and you attract certain people. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. generalizing at all. You, you know, you just ask me and you search. But then most of my German friends are not rational. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I fought with them and, you know, they exploded on yeah. the phone and stuff. So I don't want to find that. I mean, it's not exactly irrational, but, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when we first met, you were still, like, kind of transitioning, or no? Not I was transitioning the school. I, w I yeah. just came to Berlin because I changed my the school where I was studying design. But oh, you, you already did design. I thought you, you were still doing film back then. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. But uh, she had a film degree. Yeah, this was my first studies, my first bachelor's. Yeah, from film to design. Why? <laughs> Why? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I started uh, studying filmmaking because I thought, I had this genius thought that uh, if my main hobbies are uh, photography and theater, filmmaking combines them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I laughed. And no, this is completely right. Everyone should laugh now. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, this was one of the reasons. The other reason was that I, I, the year before, I, I won a, a short film challenge back oh, in Sofia. Yeah, right after I graduated school, I think. I don't remember exactly what time of the year it was. But yeah, so this was this this encouraged me to think I should study filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, and then when I started, I was also actually very happy after media and culture, after trying to study media and culture science before, which was really theoretical, and I I didn't want to do something that is so theoretical. I wanted to have something practical and not just 
read and write and talk about what others did. I really had the urge to do things myself. Mm. Yeah, so when I started studying filmmaking, it was... In the beginning, I was really happy, and then in the middle of the studies, I found myself doing design in my free time. That's interesting. And then I even had, uh, I think, a small design job, and I don't know what, and and I thought I should break off and start studying design, but... Hey, can you do design with no previous experience? Yeah, like just playing around, you know? <laughs> with Experimenting. With uh, Photoshop and design yeah, and so Yeah, exactly. With no previous knowledge. This is how it starts, you know? Out of passion, out of oh, that's... curiosity, uh, I think. Wow. Oh, nice. It's not because so someone nice. comes to you and teaches you this is how you do it and then you start doing it. Yeah, it's it like, sounds very nice. I think, you know, it's, it just starts because you, you feel the urge to do it or the desire, I don't know. Hmm. Probably because my father is designer too. Oh, he is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. but despite of that, he, you know, when I wanted to break off again, the... the, the this uh, the filmmaking studies. He, they, you know, my parents told me I should finish this first, you know, and get the <laughs> get the degree, and then um, do whatever I want. And this was uh, eventually. This was also the right thing to do because otherwise I would never have done um, unseen theater, my graduation film, uh, which was the most important project I did up until then. Mm. So yeah, eventually, just just because of this, it was right. Yeah. By the way, unseen theater was um was a documentary that Dora made about people who were blind but they were doing theater. Yeah. Um, theater of shadows, actually. Shadow in, in Germany. No, this was in Bulgaria. In Bulgaria. Is in Bulgaria. It's not dead <laughs> yet. I mean, this is act- Yeah, this is this is a great phenomenon actually because um, some of the people it's mostly young people like younger than we are um, that are actors in in the group and it's it was also the first um, theater group of visually impaired people in Bulgaria at all and yeah so what they do is actually something that's never been done in the world before because most of them have, or, you know, some of them have never seen light and how shadow is formed from light. So, yeah, so, you know, they're making something that is um, visually um, impressive at and engaging without ever seeing it themselves, which is, of course, the traumatic aspect of it. Yeah, and they're romantic too, if you think of it. <laughs> You're yeah. making things that you'll never get to see, you know, yourself. Yeah. yeah, it's very, a very emotional piece too. But How long was the film? It's 30 minutes. Mm. Yeah, but basically what I wanted to show um, in the film or what it started with was that, you know, being... Um, living in Germany, I always encountered in the first years, this was something that I was um, dealing with 
in my thoughts, you know, that uh, when I say I come from Bulgaria, nobody knows anything about Bulgaria, or if they know anything, that it would be something negative and nothing positive. <laughs> and the other day I said Bulgaria. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, really, it's it's actually normal, you know. When, when you're young, you're like, uh, I don't know, you're you're having a lot of emotions about a lot of things because you just encounter them and at some point you just realize yeah this is normal this is how the world is mm. <laughs> or people are yeah so back then I was uh, really um, yeah emotional about this <laughs> that um, you know I was living with this sacred idea or picture of my homeland mm. um, studying here and there was a conflict between what I had in my heart and my head and you know I was also thinking a lot about theater because theater is a long-term passion of mine I'm going to theater since I was since childhood I think mm. and I think Bulgarian theater is great and especially this this one um, this is a, um, a performance that could be um, seen everywhere in the world because it doesn't involve any language and it can be understood by everybody. So I thought this is something that really has to go outside of the borders of Bulgaria and be shown here. And, and it's something that, that um, was created and developed in completely absurd circumstances. And this is what I wanted to show actually, that something great like this which is you know it's kind of a pioneer thing you know it's something really precious in in on a worldwide level and it happens in circumstances that are you know pretty unimaginable for germans for example <laughs> <laughs> we're back to that topic again <laughs> no we don't have to go back there yeah because we're both kind of like foreigners in some way living in Germany so of course we have like a more acute or irrational reactions to <laughs> certain ways German people behave or like the bureaucracy here and stuff mm. it's kind of normal but I think we'll get used to it well I, I'm used to everything oh already my God. <laughs> you don't what? know my experience in the past two weeks because <laughs> you know when you're here on like visiting or like traveling visa you don't have this kind of trouble. Mm. But once you're in the system, you guys don't know about this. Or if you're German, you're listening to this, you understand. You know the Ammeldung thing? Yeah. Oh, God, and bang, and everything. It's just, oh, tax ID, it's every... Uh, yeah, bureaucracy is uh, uh, an aspect where Germans have evolved a lot. <laughs> yes, and they, they don't seem to work with computers very well. <laughs> It's all just like human beings you're dealing with. And when they see the wrong date or the wrong address, you're going to go back there. Oh my God, I sound so American. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to have to go back there another day. Get the right signature, get the right address, the right you know, date, and go back there and then mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. If you're not in line, you have to get in line. If you pass your numbers, you have to you know, go upstairs and get your number again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. terrible. Yeah, this is, this is structure. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I still think that they're great art here, and that's why we're both attracted to Berlin, and that's why Blinked is mostly based in Berlin as well, because there are a lot of like artists here, 
or mm-hmm. seeking a dream like yourself, you know? Yeah, I was. I, I I didn't I didn't want to move to Berlin just because of the city. You know, it's it's a city that attracts a lot of people, including me. I was. I I actually never wanted to go to any other city in Germany but Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> but my way to here was pretty long, <laughs> um, because you know I first went to Düsseldorf and then to Darmstadt and then I studied in Mainz and then I come came to Berlin. So, so the, I was the, basically at four universities. In <laughs> the program they graduated from now was in Berlin. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. it's so, but you moved from Stadt uh, something? What Darmstadt? <laughs> Darmstadt to Berlin. <laughs> yeah, this is near Frankfurt. You know Frankfurt, oh, I guess. Frankfurt. Yeah. yeah, that I know. <laughs> oh, okay. Darmstadt is uh, not something you have to know necessarily, but they there this is where uh, the MP3 was invented and oh, they have a, they have a really good technical university and they um what was the other thing? A very good music music academy there. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah the the change of school was also one of the important things in my life I guess. But you moved here because you loved the city? No, no, this is what I wanted to say, that I didn't want to move just because of the city. Like, this would oh, be Well, come on, you changed your school and then you ended up here No, the, the change of the school was really the, the main reason. And it was... Oh, you, you loved know, the school? I, I wanted to study in this particular school, which is called Weissensee. Um, I know. Academy the, of Arts Weissensee. I, I know Weissensee, but I don't know Weissensee Academy. Yeah. Well, there are two major um, art academies in Berlin. The one is UDK, which mm, you probably I know. know. Mm. Yeah, it's a big capitalistic one, <laughs> and I'm in, oh. I was in the small socialistic one. <laughs> <laughs> the Weizenzee one. This is just a joke, but not not completely. <laughs> yeah. So you love the school, not the city. I, I love the city, but you know, I wanted to have a more rational oh, come <laughs> reason <on>. to <laughs> come move to Berlin. <laughs> and that was, yeah, this was, um, I really wanted to study here. Um, and also, I was a bit unhappy with my school back there. Hmm. Um, and I basically wanted to change my environment because, well, one, one of the main reasons was um, that I felt there was not enough competition in my studies not enough there. competition are you kidding me no i'm not kidding <laughs> <laughs> you think competition is good and yeah. there's not enough competition probably we should define what i mean with competition first no, because this is not this i mean i don't mean um being an evil capitalistic Pick. That, <laughs> oh my god! Should I should I try it more politically correct? No, it's okay. It's okay. This podcast is not about political correctness. At it's all. not. Okay. No. Unfortunately, um. unfortunately not. <laughs> Fortunately. Yeah, I think uh, this is a long talk. I think political correctness completely fucked things over mm-hmm. in the United States and in a lot of other countries. Because yeah, it's just true, like true. a band-aid, it just like covers things and people can say their own things, they can't say like racial jokes or stuff like that, of course. It's not nice to say that, but then when people are not allowed to, then it makes things worse. 
-hmm. I think, you know, my parents or like people that I know, they could be ignorant or even discriminating at times. But when you speak with them and if you can communicate on equal terms, you can change. But you, if you like just obliterate all the terms that with which you can communicate with, then how can you communicate? (laughs) Then people just end up not saying things that are politically incorrect. Am I saying uh, yeah. logically? Yes. Not yeah. saying things that are politically incorrect. Yeah, that's right. But they're still thinking that way. And the system itself is still very discriminating. You know, that doesn't really solve any problems. Yeah. But anyway, where were we? In the change of school, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, competition. competition. Competition, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if uh, I should define it. Or just say what I mean when yeah, I say competition. It's it's just it's not trying to destroy your competitors in a aggressive or evil capitalistic way. It's what I mean is trying to build better products or better services or making better projects um, because you have people around you that are also good or better than you and this is something that stimulates you so stimulating each other to be better and to develop this is this is what i mean with competition because when you're in an environment where people are doing their design projects just because they have it as a homework because the teacher said so um and they you know what comes out is not nothing inspiring in the end you know this is nothing when I go there and I see that I've done I probably have the best idea this is not something that is inspiring me you know there there are of course different people and different views on this because when I I remember when I talked back then to someone about this um, and he said this was pretty cool because then you can be the best. <laughs> and I think I, I just cannot, you know, identify with a view like this. Hmm. Because I think this is, you know, um, this has to do, of course, a lot of, a lot with your comfort zone. Because uh, being in an environment when, where there are a lot of people that are better than you is not really your comfort zone. <laughs> and you enjoy being out of your comfort zone. I, I search for this. I, oh, I that's very on interesting. This was the main reason to, to change the school, actually, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't... You know, I, I, I just don't think... You know, there are people um, that, um, that are choosing the easy way and people that are choosing the hard way. You're the and one who's <laughs> choosing the hard way yes. all the time. <laughs> Basically. Just because I think, you know, in the easy way there's not enough to learn or you're not expanding your capabilities enough or... Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you're making the most of yourself when you're in the easy way and you're not developing or you're just staying in your comfort zone. But where you grow or expand and where you develop where you change is out of your comfort zone. And yeah, this is one of the important things for me in life, generally, I think. Now we're back to your medium (laughs) essay again. (laughs) Kind of. Sort of, like an inspiring essay for people who want to become more independent, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to summarize it because 
um, people can read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave a link down below so, so you guys can read it. Because that's actually the essay that connected me back to Dora again. So I was like, mm-hmm, I want to see this girl again and see how she's doing. <laughs> cool. But we're actually quite similar in that sense. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just, you know, I'm you're also, also like living, living abroad, you know? You're I, I, living in yeah, a foreign I can't country. live in a country where I just feel, hmm, everything's headed to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, um, just living in a foreign country is living out of your, outside of your comfort zone. I think not necessarily. You know, yeah. in terms of patriarchy, like there are things that I just don't yeah. have to deal with. I mean, I have to deal with bureaucracy. Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to deal with. You I mean, have to deal with things everywhere, of course. Yeah, I think you just you know choose the set of problems that you, that you wanna you would rather deal with. To me, you know, that's the reason why people move abroad. But now, okay, now back to the topic. And so now you're independent. Are you? You're, you're yeah. an independent designer, right? Yes. How did that come about? I think that's what most people would find inspiring out there if they're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I, Is it I, I think just... Difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, we, we were... Can we have it all, Dora? <laughs> <laughs> Dora the Explorer. Uh-huh. Of course, I've done some of these nine to five jobs in my past and I've realized this is a structure that I really feel uncomfortable in and mm. I really want to be autonomic is this a word? Mm, autonomous. Yeah I want to be autonomous about independent. Yeah independent in, in the way that I structure my day and yeah how, how much I work and what I work and everything I really also try to, to 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 choose my projects and to choose everything consciously and deliberately what, what I work on but that's only when you have to work isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of times when you start off as an independent artist I think the challenge is that you don't have enough work to choose from you yeah know, but this is something but but this is not um, something you should take as a reason to to do every project and every every project and every work uh, that that you find because if you want to position yourself in a certain way then you have to choose from the very beginning i think that's 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 a, that's a lesson i guess <laughs> yeah maybe i agree yeah and i and and, and it's if you want to get even more even deeper in this i i think it's really important to um, base every decision on your values to, to first of course find your values and then base everything you do on your values oh because my God, you are a workaholic <laughs> what you Why? are quite, yeah you, yeah what you, a workaholic not workaholic but like you care so much about how like how you work yeah i'm just thinking a lot about, about it i'm a yeah. thinker yeah you're a thinker <laughs> Yeah, I like, I like this term a lot. I mean, you know, I have the profession of a thinker. I'm <laughs> thinking all day. <laughs> so, what are the values that you that you find most important for you? Then? Well, this is really like a lesson learned, and it's pretty new for me too. Mm. That um, I mean, this is not something that that you define once and then you just pursue it or you know, just follow follow the values, I don't know, this is something that you have to t- 
define along the way, like all the time, I guess, mm. with every step you take and with every contact and every dis every act or reaction. Yeah. So what I what I learned, I guess, recently was uh, that you you should choose consciously um, the people you spend your time with, the the people you work with, even the people you fall in love with, you know, and, and base this decision on your values, because if you don't, you're then probably pretty soon be unhappy with it, or, you know, in the situation, or in the contact with these people. And so, what are your values? Like, what have you discovered along the way? Yeah, one one example You don't is, have to uh, tell us all the secrets, but, you know. <laughs> there, are no, there are no secrets, but I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the things is um, I, I don't want to work with people whose only goal it is to make money, for example. Mm. You know, when, when, because I discovered um, that this is something that's just too limiting for me to, to aim only to secure your financial existence or financial security. This is just... I don't think I, this is what I came for. <laughs> you know, this is it's it's. If you're not aiming for something higher than this, then we we don't go together. That that's it basically. Because I think that's there's so much more than this that I can do with my brain and with my heart and with my energy and with my time. And this is what I should aim to do. Hmm. Not just to make money. It's, I mean, come on. <laughs> this is quite quite common in Berlin. I think that's what attracts me to this city. Yeah. That most people, I mean, there are of course people who are like, you know, they only work for money, but it's harder in other cities that I've lived in to find collaborators who are working to start projects with nothing. But you know, a lot of times when you start a project, you literally have nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have a team and you all contribute what you can do. Yeah. And basically, you can't contribute money, you contribute your time. But time is money in a yes. way. So you all put in time and your talent and you build this project together. And I find that easier here. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I find one of the most attractive things about Berlin. Not everyone, but it's easier. Yeah, it's just, I think it's, yeah, of course, freedom is one of the words that is characteristic for Berlin. You know, people who seek this often come here. And also, I mean, probably you've heard this uh, this sentence describing Berlin that is very yeah. common, which is uh, in in English it's poor but sexy, <laughs> <laughs> which I which I actually think is a little bit of, you know um, controversial. Yeah, what, what do you think? I mean, so? how can you be sexy when you're poor? <laughs> Oh come on! You just said something about a work for money. No, this is not. This is not opposite to each other. What I said. I, I. I. don't. You know what I said was not. I'm not interested in making money. I said I'm not interested in only in in, in this in making money as a sole purpose. You know mm -hmm. of your. But work then you still have life. to have money to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I you mean, just said. Of, of, of course. Oh, come on. I disagree. <laughs> no, I, I think being able to make money is also, you know, a quality, 
Of course. You have to be mm-hmm. you have to be able to sell what you can do or what you are because you have to pay your rent or maybe you have even higher goals than paying your rent in the financial aspect. And mm-hmm. I also do. It's just when when I see people that are only focused on making money, this is what doesn't attract me, you know, and, and this is also not sexy, you know, <laughs> not, uh, having people in front of you that are having a lot of money, but the, the, this is the only thing You're that a very I'm conflicted person. Conflicted. <laughs> conflicted. <laughs> like, if you don't have money, you're not sexy. But if you have a lot of money and you work like only, only for it, you're also unsexy. It's just, it's just, it's just important to differentiate. So you're looking for a kind of balance then, maybe. Yeah, I mean, life is all about trying to balance things, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's and nothing is black and white. There are so many. Is that how you can have it all? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> is that how you can have it all? You think then? What do you think is like the obstacle that people often find when they're facing with this question? Because I think, like, you know, becoming an independent or freelancing artist slash designer is pretty much have it all. You know, you have your freedom. You control your time, more or less. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you work less, but, you know, you have control of your time. You control. You have control over, like, where you work, how you work. You know, yeah. more control, at least. And you earn decent money so they can pay all your rent and taxes and everything. Mm-hmm. So you have it all, in a way, you know. It's, um... It's a way of imagining, you know, what this quote-unquote have-it-all could mean. Yeah, but it means something else, something different for every person. Mm. I mean, we cannot speak generally at all. Everyone should decide for themselves what it is for them to have it all. And this is, this is going to be different with absolutely every person on Earth. <laughs> That's true. I'm sure. But perhaps freelancing could be become self-employed could be um, a trend right now. It is, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think In which this, people this is, quote unquote have it all. This is a tendency like the, the where the market is heading to. I think it's just very open for freelancers in general. I mean also through globalization and digitalization. You know, yeah. All this, uh, you know the bad side is probably a lot of people are getting more exploited <laughs> in the sense that you know a lot of your insurance and pensions and stuff are not paid yeah if You're you don't responsible. manage, if yeah, you if don't you manage to, to to charge enough to cover that too yeah which is also one one thing you have to learn but on the other hand as you say like globalization and like with internet it gives people the freedom to work wherever they want but yeah. they have to I don't know, work in a different way. They have to, I think, like you say, they probably have to find their values, yeah. like what they can give and how to develop themselves as an artist and as an independent artist slash designer. That people hire you for that instead of hiring you because you're submissive, you know? <laughs> you're a good worker for the boss or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you, you would... I mean, I am in a market or... Right now, I am located in a city that is absolutely full of graphic designers. And when you're in an environment like this, this was actually also one of the things that I uh, wanted to mention when we talked about competition and choosing the hard way. Yes, yeah, so and you like that competition? This is exactly what, what, what I find 
very attractive. Interesting. To 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 just see people who are much ahead of me, hmm. and then um, this is something that motivates me and it, it it inspires me because when I see good work, this is something that's that's just making me happy actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking about the difference between film and design. Mm, what, yeah, what is the difference? I only know more about film, <laughs> can, not that I know everything about it, but yeah, design I, can, I, I can, know very little. Yeah, because um, yeah, I just mentioned an emotion again, and then I, this is why I thought of this, because one of the differences for me is um, that when, when you make a great design, you're never going to have a queue of people waiting in line just to thank you for making this great design. Mm. Which is what happened, for example, which is what happened at the premiere of Unseen Theatre after the screening. And, you know, this is design is something that's never going to evoke so many um, emotions like film can do, because mm. they, they speak different languages. Of course, there's emotions in design, um, but it's just not so intense that it can be in films. Mm. But you liked it more? Because it's, yeah, because it's emotionally less intense. No, this is not the reason why I chose, chose it. It's, it was just that um, I just found myself doing it in my free time. And then I thought, would you, would your, you, you should actually make a, a living out of your hobby. Because then you're not going to have, you know, this cliche thing. You're not going to have a single working day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk about Marx. Because in the morning, <laughs> you, I don't know uh, what, what he said, you can, I don't know, play chess in the afternoon and then you do a design <laughs> in the evening. Yeah, that's yeah. the perfect day. No, but I chose design just because the work itself gives me joy when doing yeah. it. And filmmaking was something that was more like taking me, taking my energy away, like exhausting me mm. um, and not giving me energy. Design is something that just gives me energy. And I said it's design is not so emotional because I don't know anyone else besides of me that when, when you see uh, a great design and then you're like, oh my god, this is great, <laughs> like for hours. <laughs> So, but but that happens with films. So yeah, this is. Mm, I'll do that with film. Oh my god, this is a great film. <laughs> I do that for hours. I don't have to like tell all my friends watch it. You have to watch this. Yeah, but filmmaking is a really tough job. I think this is. Yeah, it, I don't think I'll do it as a job though. But anyway, that's another talk mm -hmm. for another day. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but okay. Before I let you go, because it's getting dark, we're losing sunlight from the summer, even though it's somewhere in Berlin, you know. <laughs> it's probably like past nine or something like yeah, that. I don't have Before we let you go, we have to, you know, have you speak, have you speak as much as <laughs> possible. Into <laughs> infinity, to fill the infinity with my no, voice. to give people knowledge of how to become independent. I think that's the trend. And I think that's sort of a trend in Blink as well, that we want to support people to become independent. It's difficult. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm getting there myself as well, but it's very difficult. Yeah. So... Last thing before we let you go is I want to ask you what were like the thing that you find that you found most difficult when you started it and how did you, you know, overcome it? Was there like a moment that you thought, no, I can't, like I want to work in a company again. I can't do this anymore. 
Well, we could, there could be times that you feel lonely, and I have this right now. Like, I, I miss yeah, exchange with true. other professionals. I think this is very valuable, and I would, I, I would aim to have it soon. Mm. Um, but if you want me to give, like, some kind of an advice, or, no, or what, I, what, what, what <laughs> I did, you know, into... In um, to become, to start working independently. I think it it just occurred naturally because I was doing a lot of projects um, outside of school mm. when I was still studying. Because you know there and are everyone is de developing at the same time, and then one day you know exactly you will have yeah. your business, and then you can do your own. Yeah, you're you're usually dealing with people. Uh, in your own age and and they are um, also gonna finish school at some point and probably some of them are gonna make their start their own company or something like this and then then you they're gonna need your help and then they're gonna know you if you already um, have worked with them or something so so the advice basically is to do as much as you can while you're still studying and just yeah also build a network of people and, and even if those projects don't pay, you should do it if you're a student. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, when, when you're a student, the most important thing is I, I actually regret that I didn't work enough. I could, I could have worked more when I was studying. This is really the time that you should completely um, just try to build a quantity of work, you know, mm. and, and, and to make all the mistakes that you, that you can do. I mean, you can, of course, continue making mistakes. You, <laughs> This is the only <laughs> way to learn. We all do. We continue make, making mistakes yeah. as we grow up. Thank you very much for joining us today, Dora. Yeah, thank you and, for having me. <laughs> and do check out her website, dora-works.com. We'll exactly. leave a link down below, and also we'll leave a link of her article on Medium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, becoming independent and can you have it all? Yeah, about having it all. How to have it all. <laughs> How to have it all. <laughs> In two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you for joining us. Hope you all have yeah. a great Sunday. Bye.